another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and joining me is my co-host, Matt Dudek. Hey, that's me. Hi, everybody. Matt, of course, you can find on Twitter at Horizon Matt. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Horizon RT. You can find us on the web at HorizonRoundtable.com. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found. Matt, you did notice that I didn't put in my Twitter handle. Nobody should follow me ever. Follow at your own risk if you find me. Um, I don't even know if I follow you. I, I go back and forth sometimes. You you kind of do. I think I'm sure I'm muted. It's uh, you mute me me from time to time, and it's it's De- probably best. Depends. Um, I mean, if you're on your mass singer kick or whatever, yeah. I mean, I tend to. Not this year. I'm not, not this season. I'm not. I'm not going to go into it. Um, but Matt. Uh, Bob. So before we get started, uh, programming note: next week is uh, ne- and next week is Easter, so we are not going to have an episode. But there's probably going to be a bonus episode somewhere in between. And Matt, I think you know which one. I think I know why we need one. Are, are we getting Keaton Hervey on? Is that why? <laughs> we'll talk about him a little later. But oh, no. oh, no, that that wasn't the bonus episode. Okay, okay. No, we're talking about this other thing that happened. That oh, we got Latanya Collins coming in from uh, Detroit Mercy's former uh, head, him, head women's basketball coach. No, but we'll talk about that later, too. But what I do want to talk about is Cleveland Mara McGee. You're giving away what we're going to talk about on the podcast. It's called a preview. A, it's called a preview, Bob. Well, why don't you just throw in? Oh, we're gonna talk. Uh, yeah, why don't we talk about like all the Purdue Fort Wayne guys too while we're at it? Um, <laughs> oh, is that the is that the bonus episode? That is not. No. Oh, okay. Then what's the so bonus the, episode? The bonus episode. Uh, we're still working on it. Um, we're gonna be. Uh, we're working on talking to Cleveland State's new head coach. Uh, it's Danielle Robinson, the longtime assistant over at Iowa State. He is now Cleveland State's head coach. He is. And yeah. Do you want to know what my first reaction was? Okay. <laughs> Who? <laughs> that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But but it's interesting because when you, do, you, know, you look at kind of his background, and it looks like eerily similar to that of Dennis Gates, only he's a couple of years older. It really does, if, if you look at it. Um. And by the way, when I get when we get him on, I gotta I gotta ask him a bunch of Porter Mosier. I gotta ask him some, for some Porter, Porter Mosier stories because you know I'm never I'm never letting go of the fact that Loyola was in this conference <laughs> ever, okay. ever. So so yeah. So with with so with Robinson, I'm looking kind of again. I see a lot of different parallels as as it comes to when it comes to um kind of the decision making. And by the way, apparently. This was like a very popular this this which is funny because you know th- you were here three years ago when everything basically imploded, but this was apparently a very popular popular job to apply for. You know, it turns out that uh, Division One head coaches are still Division One head coaches, and at some point, there's only what 368 of them. Uh, 358. But oh, well, yeah, probably long, probably more than that now. I don't know. It's been a while. Does um, that include uh, Cornell Man at Grand Valley or not yet? Uh, not yet. No. Oh, okay. Okay. Just Although I, I have this weird feeling that's coming and that may have some Horizon League implications, but we're not going to talk about that this this episode. Is that the bonus episode? <laughs> that is not the bonus episode. No. All right. So, um, but yeah. So yeah, there was like so they the first round of Zoom interviews where there were like thirty of them. I'm like thinking to myself, is this the Bachelor? Because I think that's what this was at this point. <laughs> like, damn, that's a lot of people, man. So, from what it sounds like, this and it's funny because 
for what it sounds like, this deal got done on the Sunday in New Orleans um, during the Final Four, um, which I, I can see where that was going because if anybody follows Scott Garrett, the uh, Cleveland State Athletic Director, he was down. He had a, he he was he was all, he was down in New Orleans because um, you know I he was you know, sending pictures and stuff of himself down in New Orleans. I think he, I think he had, did a self, had a selfie with him and uh, Tory Patton who was down there for the three on three thing. Um, so we knew he was down there. Um, and there were rumors that they were going to be doing like another round of interviews in New Orleans, but it sounds like from what it sounds like is, yeah, uh, looks like they got the deal done. Um, by the way, I got to tell you, they, Shout out to Cleveland State because they had this thing. This was the best kept secret ever because you had absolutely no idea who was going to get this job. They didn't like there was a um, hoop dirt who is usually really good with, you know, getting inside information about candidates and things. They were completely off. I mean, they were almost they were almost as off as I was with my names on HorizonRoundtable.com. I mean, I just pulled those out of my ass. These guys do this for a living. So I don't feel as bad for completely whiffing on this as I basically did the last time anyway. I mean, I but, think it pretty much tells you how well he interviewed. Yeah, absolutely. And just, kind of, again, looking kind of at his background, it's like, you know, he's been a longtime assistant. He's been waiting for this opportunity to get a, to, to get this head coaching job. You know, I, you know, in 2019, I guess they had an initial conversation um, he was not a finalist for the Cleveland State job, you know, then, uh, which which inevitably went to Dennis Gates. Um, I believe he's also interviewed for a number of other jobs. I think he also interviewed for the Drake job when Nico Medved went over to Colorado State. Um, obviously, he didn't get that job either. So he he's this this sounds like it's been a long time coming. And I guess we really when it comes to kind of the thought process with you know, Scott Garrett. And, and by the way, apparently Cleveland state's president Harlan Sands was also really involved in this too. Um, must be nice to have a president, a campus president who's like, you know, really involved in athletics. You know, um, I was just thinking the same thing, but I didn't want to derail it into my uh, personal vendettas. I currently, well, well, have. you know, we'll, we'll get to that later. Oh, um, I hope so. I have a lot to say on my, uh, I know you do. I, I need my soap. I need my soapbox for a minute at some point. I know you do, but it, it's well, I, yeah. You are the co-host, so yeah, this is you know, this is much as your podcast, and it is mine, Matt. So yes, but we'll get to that later. I know what you want to talk about, but we'll get to that later. But it's interesting because it's been, and I, it, it's I'm blown away by kind of the kind of the the synchronous relationship between the, the president of Cleveland State and and the athletic department. It's it's. I don't know. It's. It may, I think it maybe it's weird to me because I've had you know, with, but like the previous regime, like Ronald Berkman, he was completely checked out. So he basically just pretty much phoned in. You know, he looked at athletics as kind of a bullshit hassle, um, which is why we ended up with John Perry, who basically just kept the books balanced for all that time. And don't get me started on Mike Thomas, um. Because, yeah, you'll notice that once Harlan Sands came in, he saw through Mike Thomas real quick, and that's why Mike Thomas isn't there anymore. Must be nice, as you said, to have a president and athletic director. I like I, I'm I'm happy that my alma mater is doing – has has done this. It's it's a very – again, it's it's a very kind of 
it, it's having having you know gotten to the point having experienced the 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 presidents and the athletic directors not being on the same page um on at least a couple of occasions in even when i was going to school there um it, it's a nice change of pace um but yeah he was he was a part of it and um but there seems to be kind of a pattern you kind of see kind of the methodology in their coaching searches because you see kind of the, again as i mentioned you see kind of the similar traits in robinson than you did see with gates where you know you know longtime assistant um you know you, you know at some point in time he's going to be a head coach you just don't know when and then the opportunity brings itself and then boom there it is and i think that's and I think the other part of this, and this is this speaks to the other part of this, and then is that maybe that is something that is something that I think is giving Cleveland State players pause because you got to remember that you know it's it, when a new when a new regime comes in, there's there is the tendency, and we've seen it multiple times, not just in the Horizon League, but in college college basketball in general. When a new regime comes in, they look at the they look at the dynamic and the players say, you know what, I'm not digging it. You know, I I, I think it's time for me to move on. That's not so far. I'm being very very cautiously optimistic in this case. So far, that has not been the case at Cleveland State, with the noted exceptions of Des Moines Hodge and uh, Trago Million. Both of them are in the, in the transfer portal. Hodge makes perfect sense. I had you know, I think we talked about this last episode where. You kind of had a feeling that, you know, Des Moines Hodge, you, you kind of saw him potentially, you, you could have saw him heading to the transfer portal, and it did end up happening. And by the way, uh, one of his stops uh, is Missouri. I'm not surprised about that either. I think he would fit really well. I think he would really fit well in that system, even though it now is a, you know, obviously another, you know, he's going to be on another level, but I think he's got the potential to do that. Um and I can kind of see that as, as see that with Trago Million too. So I mean, I'm not really I'm not surprised by either of those guys, but I obviously I'm cautious about the rest of the roster. I'm also a little I'm also a little curious as to what the coaching staff's going to look like because I'm not sure about that either. Are is he going to be retaining people? Are we going to still see a Rob Summers or a Drew Joyce the third or? Uh, now, are we going to see those guys on the Cleveland State staff next year? I don't know. I guess we'll we'll probably find out about that sooner rather than later. But I I'm so. cautiously, but I am cautiously optimistic that this is kind of uh, at least for the time being, uh, the the underclassmen have not made any kind of moves, and there are uh, there are four seniors that can opt into their extra year uh, on the ones on scholarship. Um, there's Spider Johnson. Well, I know you would love to opt out of a senior year and end up somewhere in Michigan. I wonder where. Um, Only one place in Michigan. There's a lot of places in Michigan I'd like to not end up. Um, you know, uh, Deshaun Parker, uh, Chris Green, and I'm forgetting the fourth one, and I probably shouldn't because, and yeah, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm going to hell. I can't remember who the last guy, last guy is. Um, plus, there's also Craig Bodwan, who again. We're, we're because again he is he was injured and I think they need to get the uh, waiver all taken care of. Garrett, uh, so like I said, this is why I'm kind of looking at Garrett Covington's situation, who is in the transfer portal. Who was hurt last year? Will he get that waiver? 
Um, because the same, if that if that is the case for Garrett Covington, you have to think the same thing is going to be the, is going to apply for Craig Baldwin. This is the NCAA, though, so you never know. But yeah, that is the that is the dynamic I'm seeing right now. Again, I'm cautiously optimistic that this is not going to be a complete rebuild for Cleveland State, which would be nice because you know Cleveland State doesn't need to do another rebuild. <laughs> we already been through that before. We've seen that. All right, so you guys got a coach. That's cool. What else we got? All right, so. Speaking of the transfer portal, uh, I wanted to talk. I, I meant to. This had kind of happened during our little thing. Oh, but Yael Hill, Yael Hill, who's actually from Cleveland Heights. <laughs> See, I told you I'm going to hell. <laughs> I think everyone's gonna be okay. I think I'm gonna be okay. All right. So, so um, I know we've had a little bit of a conversation as to. Okay, so um, who do you think? Uh, you know, I know we're like a week, uh, you know, a week out of basketball season being completely over, but you know, everybody's got their like way too early picks for who's going to be a favorite and you know to win the championship next year. You know, NCA wise, not you know, but I, I think I've already picked my uh, way too early favorite to win the uh, Horizon League championship, and that's Purdue Fort Wayne. I mean, they've kept a lot of the pieces. That's that's a, a big start. That's for sure. So yeah. So um, yeah. they did it once a day. Once a day, they were just I love this, people dude. out this, there. This was great. So so this was a so basically what so so what Purdue Fort Wayne did, and, and I, I I love how they let it be kind of the players announce it, and then you know the then the the. The team account jumped in, and then John Kaufman jumped in. You know, saying, you know, what well, was very complimentary. So every like for every day, they had at least one guy who was declaring they were going to take their next year. So um, Jared Godfrey is going to be back. Damian Chanqui is also going to be back, and and Matt, my man Bobby Planudis is coming back. The big P out of wherever it was Bobby in Ohio. Buckets. His name is Bobby Buckets, man. Yeah, whatever. Where's he from? Uh, he is the he came in from uh, St. Bonaventure. No, no, no. Isn't he from Ohio? Isn't that your why you love him? No, again, Nas Bohannon. I can't keep all your favorites. Nas Bohannon. No, no, Nas Bohannon. And by the way, at some point in time. We got to talk about because he's got, he declared for the NFL draft. I'm, I'm, I I know he's been a year out of the Horizon League, but damn it, I want to talk to him. <laughs> I love that guy. But um, the only one we have not heard from yet is uh, Rob Petty. Um, Rob Petty doesn't have Twitter, so that's probably why. I don't know. Somebody check Instagram. Not it. Not it. <laughs> um. But he he's like the last guy. He he's like the last one that is that can cash in on his extra year. And by the way, we are by an incident. And as we mentioned many times before, yes, we are keeping track. Uh, the senior tracker is live and being regularly updated on HorizonRoundtable.com. Just because. Good but point. yes. So so with Purdue Fort Wayne, they. They only have to replace one starter in Jalen Pipkins. And I think um, 
And I guess the question would be, who replaces Jalen Pipkins in the starting lineup? Is it going to be Deontay Billups, the sixth man of the year? I mean, even Money would say he would. Or would it be JoJo Peterson? Or would it be another guy? Because I don't know if you noticed, uh, but John Kaufman's been pretty good at the transfer portal. He has. He's keeping his guys. He's adding good pieces. I would say that, yeah, I mean, I I know that they're your early favorites. Um, I like where Fort Wayne is at, but they're still a team built around shooting. And at the end of the day, that scares me a little bit because hot happens, cold happens, um, as we saw with them. So I hope that for them to really compete and even have a chance, um, I think they need to add another piece or two that can score consistently. And I don't feel that they have that right now. They, I mean... Yeah, I think that, but again, I think at their, uh, but they've been pretty good to this point in getting the pieces they need from, from the transfer portal. So I, I think that might be the case and that might be. Yeah. Something. They, if they add someone that can score at the rim, you know, when yeah. shots aren't falling, then yeah, they are right where they need to be. And I really do think that, yeah, they do have the opportunity to do that and they've done it. And, you know, prior history would tell me that, yeah, they, you know, Jamie and Sean Quee was from the transfer portal. Um, Bobby Planutis was from the transfer portal. You know, these guys were, you know, these are the guys that, you know, John Kaufman was able to get in and, you know, they became really integral pieces of that entire picture. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a name in there that we haven't seen yet, but we will see very soon. Um, you know what's fun about the portal too is, and I know a lot of teams are using it, um, is the the ability now to track players. Like there's there's whole analytic systems out there for when a player hits the portal to like grade them out. So it doesn't even have to be someone on a coach's radar. It could be someone the coach has never even heard of, but their analytics team will basically come back and be like, "You need this guy for this reason. Go find yeah. you know." And like just the 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 number side to this game is is ridiculous, but it makes sense because the portal is such a prevalent part of the game now. Well, what's interesting is now it, uh, when we get to this, so the question that I will have, not now, but probably in the future, because all the, at this point in time, we're at, we're at a juncture where by and large, most of the players that are in the transfer portal are getting, are becoming immediately eligible. Um, my question is, when does the NCAA decide that's, uh, decide to stop doing that? I'm guessing probably, you know, I, I, I want to say probably never, but I don't know. NCAA is mean, weird. <laughs> I, I like the one-time the one time transfer rule because, again, a coach can leave. They don't have to sit out. So, like, I, I think giving the players a one-time free transfer, I, I like that, actually. So, I, I yeah. hope that doesn't go away personally. I don't think that one – I don't think that will. I, I don't think – I don't think that part will. But it's weird because when you see all these guys who are transferring a second time – uh yeah they seem to be doing okay they seem to be getting uh they seem to be moving pretty freely too as it were i mean that comes down to a compliance department how good they are writing waivers hey there you go hey if you can do it do it pay your compliance people well because uh they seem to do a lot of that back-end work of making sure that players are on the floor that maybe shouldn't be yeah from a transfer standpoint yeah um speaking of the transfers um, I think we, we should get into the whole Oakland thing right now. Um, I, I mean, the Micah Parrish is in the transfer portal now, which is, I thought was kind of interesting. 
I that didn't. he's in the transfer report. You didn't, and I, I, I would love to you, for you to explain why that is. I'm because so I, I, I don't know. I didn't get a chance to do it this year, but if you remember last year, I wrote an article at the end uh-huh. of the year, and I predicted who would go and who would stay, and I, I wasn't perfect, but, but I got I got a couple of them that I was pretty happy about. If I had written that article this year, there is no doubt in my mind that Micah Parrish would have been on the I'm leaving train. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sucks. Um, I think that he's got enough people in his ears um, letting him know that he could be a big time player. Um, Greg Campy has said from for two years now that he is a fu- he's built to be a future NBA player if he wants to be um, sure. he needs to put on a lot of muscle. But he has the skill set. He's got the size and all that. So basically, everyone has set him up to go somewhere else. Um, he was a um, prep player out of high school, so it's not like he's not used to moving around a little bit. Um, sure. I think he's going to have the opportunity. And you know what? I'm not mad at him for it. Um, I don't know that he was ever going to be the focus here that he thinks he should be, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that for him to play in the NBA, he does need to add some size and all that. And let's be honest, it's a known thing that Oakland doesn't have great facilities. So, you know what? Maybe that's a factor. He's going to go somewhere with a good program that's going to make him stronger and better. Okay. We need to have a conversation about that, by the way. How? Why is that? I mean, Which? you've mentioned the facilities. You've mentioned the facilities on a couple of occasions uh, in episodes past, and I'm just kind of curious as to why that is the case. There, I've always and, been kind of curious about that part because you would think that the Horizon League would look at that and say, you know, you guys might want to do a little better. Oh, they did, but they also said we need you guys. And I mean, don't forget, at the time they they got rid of their uh, minimum gym uh, attendance, which you know, because Oakland only seats four thousand in the arena. Yeah. And at the time, that was uh, that would have been too small for the Horizon League, but the Horizon League realized that was stupid because just because you have a 10,000-person gym, if you're only putting 1,000 people in, it doesn't matter, where Oakland's consistently putting between three and four in their gym every night. But anyway, um, yeah, they have really embarrassing facilities. They have uh, uh, no practice facilities um, during the winter, you know, during no, end of November, early December, when Oakland does three three days of um, their ceremony, of the graduation ceremonies. Yeah. That happen- and that happens in the arena. They have nowhere to practice, and they end up actually practicing at Rochester University, the NAIA school down the street, because they actually have a better facility in Oakland and Rochester University's coaches, Campy and the Pleasants, um, have a very good um, relationship, and they end up practicing there. Like, really? that's embarrassing. Yeah. That's interesting, because, you know, for as many – and obviously I've never made any, like <laughs> – never really made any there, – there's now been never-ending discussions about the future of the Wolstein Center at Cleveland State for many, many years, and that that conversation's got to go on forever and ever and ever. But the one thing, and I'm sure there have always been constant complaints, but the one thing I've never had an issue with is the fact that they built a practice gym in that facility. So if there is something going on, there can you know the, the teams can practice. So to their credit, that's 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 built into the building. So. Um, there are practices in the arena from about 6 a.m. until 11 o'clock at night because they have to schedule things around each other because you have, you know, two basketball teams. You have the volleyball team all at the same time, all trying to use the exact same space. It's embarrassing. Hmm. Like, I yeah. mean, that's that's yeah. Um that God forbid like the a- cheerleaders actually want to practice somewhere, you know, like. 
By the way, did that thing ever get sorted out? I remember a few years ago that there was a big flap between them and the dance team or some crap like that. Uh, I, I believe remember. we're back to just a dance team. I, I believe okay. the cheerleaders are gone and it's just the dance team doing doing the work. But I, I don't know anymore. I can't keep track. Of I don't know. I, re- I remember that. And like, yes. You brought it up and I'm like, hey, didn't somebody get blinked out of existence? I don't remember. It yeah, wasn't even, if, if I'm not mistaken, it wasn't even this. It wasn't even this athletic director. It was the one before them. Uh, that's how long ago this was, by the way. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jeff Konya, I miss you. Can we can we do this real quick? Can can we do it? Yes. Yes. You mentioned uh, the previous athletic director, which makes me think of our current athletic director. I am furious at Oakland's current athletic director. First off, he's just running a terrible program. Um, Oakland Athletics is in shambles, and they're going to tell you from the outside, oh no, this tur- there's turnover because of this or that. No, Oakland's athletic program is in shambles. Like, um, Steve Waterfield is a yes man who is letting his program go to absolute shit. He's got the wrong people in the wrong places making decisions, and he's just sitting back on his hands. Um, 95% of the people on campus couldn't even pick him out, including at the games. I walked by him two or three times, and I found out, you know, I think that's Steve Waterfield. Never met him, whatever. Like, Really? Never met him at all? Never met him. Um, I will say his his second in charge, uh, who I know listens occasionally, um, John, and I'm not even going to pronounce, try to pronounce John's last name, Chizuski maybe, something like that. They call him Giz. Giz has been really awesome to me, the, to us, to everything. I Big shout out to Giz. I am not talking about him in, in this for me. But um, there's a lot of people in that athletic department that are just running it to absolute shit. There's constant turnover right now. Um Nothing is, is happening. Steve Waterfield's biggest uh, accomplishment as AD has been changing the bear logo. They changed the bear logo, you say? Yeah, no one even noticed. He, he, it was asymmetrical before. He made it symmetrical. He changed like some, some minor details within, within the logo. That's pretty much been his stamp on the program other than running into the fucking ground. And then on top of it, he was just like every coach in AD in America. They were in New Orleans this past weekend. No problem with that. His family came along. I'm sure his kids were on spring break. No problem with that. His wife was a former um, uh, Big Ten golfer. I believe she was at Michigan State. You know, they're a big athletics family. No yeah. problem with that. Steve comes from Nebraska. You know, they have a lot of Big Ten connections in there. Sure. No, no problem with any of this. Family comes along, and they're going to go to an, a Final Four game. Sweet. Good on them. I think that's a great opportunity for his kids. Like. That's great. If you could get to a How Final f- Four game, you, you need to do that. Because that, that was, on- especially those Final Four games, because those were awesome. Well, and that's just it. Is not only did they go to a Final Four game, they got to go watch North Carolina Duke. I oh, am yeah. all about this experience. So still, I Don't forget, I am a parent, believe it or not. I know for some of you might not realize that's scary. I have two children. Like, <laughs> um, I think this is a great opportunity. My problem with this is every AD and coach in all of the country is in New Orleans for this. Yes. And him, his wife and his kids, and his, his kids are okay. His wife, I don't care. But Steve, you can't do this. They show up in North Carolina powder blue. His kids have on UNC logos. His kids are not part of Oakland. They can wear what they want. Yep. But Steve, you are in powder blue and your wife tags you with a beat Duke hashtag. Ooh. You are clearly there as a UNC fan at that moment. And that is not okay in my book. And some people think that I'm wrong and that's fine. I, I went. I did go to Twitter with it, and somebody you're making nothing out of this. Whatever, he's allowed to go. No, I think that looks awful. You are the Oakland University athletic director, and your program sucks right now. How can you wear powder blue and be a UNC fan for even two hours? You want to go to the game? Absolutely. You want to take your kids to the game? That's great dad work. I'm all about that. Put on some neutral colors. Put on an Oakland pin. Sit neutral at least. That's embarrassing to have your picture online now in UNC colors. You didn't go to UNC. 
your wife didn't go to UNC. I, I checked the bios. Like, there's no UNC there. You hate Duke. That's fine. I hate Duke. I had to double check that myself, by the way. It's like, when you brought it up, I'm like, huh? <laughs> like, okay, I got to check this out. And like, yeah, I, don't get me wrong. I hate Duke. I'm all about hating Duke. I'm so glad UNC won that game. I, I am here for all of this, except you are the athletic personality of Oakland University and you're in powder blue. Come on, man. That's just, that's Bush League. That is embarrassing. I'd have been so pissed if my wife put that picture up. Like, if you want to do it and be quiet about it and hope no one catches you, that's one thing. But for your wife to then post it online for everyone to see, that's embarrassing, man. Get your program together. Ugh. No. Off my soapbox. That's Thanks. okay. No, not a problem. I, I don't have a horse in the race, so, I mean, I, I probably... Well, I, I mean, if I, if, I mean... Uh, as I alluded to earlier, obviously Scott Garrett was down. Uh, and by the way, he's the only of, of the athletic directors in the Horizon League. Those are the only two I actually have. Like we have photo proof. We're actually in New Orleans. Nobody else actually did any. You know, you you had no idea if anybody else was down there. Which is which perfect. Is, by the way, but, good on them because this is New Orleans people. You can get in a lot of trouble down there. But Scott Garrett was there and he did post pictures. What was he wearing in those pictures? Um, actually, he was wearing. Actually, he was wearing. He was a little business casual, but he definitely was not wearing. Um, it was pretty neutral, actually. I think he just right. come from it. Actually, I'm pretty sure he might have just came from an interview with uh, Daniel Robertson, Robinson at the time. So Where he was definitely colors? down That's there for fine. Some business. I'm not, I'm not saying that they need to be in in the school mascot costume while they're down there the whole time, but man, just wear neutral colors. That's what, that's what I, I mean, I saw pictures of a lot of other coaches and things like oh, yeah. either little, little logos or things, maybe just your brand logo, whatever, but like not blatantly wearing another team's things. And let's be honest, UNC powder blue is its own logo. Like that's a thing. Yeah. So yeah, I think, I think it's absolute Bush league. Yeah. It's yeah. I, yeah, I know that there were some people who disagreed with you on that. I was trying. I, I a couple of them did, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know if that's a, you know, like I said, I don't have a horse in the race, but I know if it was my athletic director who did that and be like, I mean, I don't know, man. That just doesn't seem like a good look to me. What well, interestingly enough, me. one of one of the people that disagreed with me because I used Ward Manuel, the University of Michigan um, athletic director, as an example while asking one of my very very prominent U of M friends how he would feel if Ward Manuel had dressed like that. Yeah. And uh, Ward Manuel's boss, who's one of the U of M regents, um, chimed in saying he'd have no problem with that, which oh. I thought was interesting. I, I appreciated that perspective, but I also have a hard time believing if that would have actually been the case. Oh, yeah. That, that everyone would have really been, that that wouldn't have been a radio discussion for, for a while. Oh, absolutely. It would have he been. Would have been raked over the coals for it. The U of M board. Of uh, does it, say uh, that, but yeah, I'm, I don't I'm sure it. he could. But I mean, are you not a fair? Are you not aware of Big Blue Nation? Because I am. <laughs> I was, I, they can definitely bring it. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, that's I, I just I was really turned off by that. So, um. So I want to go back to the portal for a minute because um, Kamara McGee is leave is in the transfer portal. Um, I didn't think he was leaving Green Bay at all. I did not. Is it, is it Jeff Goodman over at Stadium who's taken on the term they're portaling? I like that. They're portaling. Uh, yeah, we he, can't. Uh, yeah, I mean, he would be the only one you'd see because Rostein, John Rostein has broke out in portal combat. First of all, I need to rip that off of him like he rips off of everything else. Yeah, um, fair, fair game. I, I feel like I need to do that. I, I feel like we need to rip that off as our own because I'm pretty sure he didn't copyright it yet. Um, and if he did, come find me, John Rothstein. I don't care. 
Portal Combat. <laughs> I like the only Portland. good idea you've ever had. I'm sure he stole it from someone else. Of course he did. He still, like I said, he steals everything else from everybody else. So I mean, say John Rothstein never had a turnabout is fair play, sir. Um, John Rothstein thinks he invented breathing, probably too. You know. Well, he definitely, uh, he definitely thinks he invented sleeping in May. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, Kamari McGee's gone. Yeah, I sure don't. is. So that one, I mean, for all the, for all of the, um. For all of the tra- people who have hit the transfer portal, that one is probably the biggest surprise to me. Because how many episodes have they said, you know, McGee and Cade Meyer are probably going to be the foundation of whatever Will Ryan is building at, at, at Green Bay. And I'm like, and now they're gone. And now he's gone. There you go. Ironically enough, um, Obviously, they you know much has been made of the freshman that's coming in, uh, Donovan Short. Apparently, his brother Zane, who is uh, is going to be joining him. Um, maybe Will Ryan is uh, has identified additional members of the Short family. Um, maybe not immediate family, a couple of cousins. I don't know. Maybe they're coming. I don't know. I mean, I I don't Here, get. I don't understand. I yeah. Let somebody, me let me let me put on my. I'm a Green Bay hater hat. Hold on. I'm not a Green Bay hater. I'm just being honest. Will Ryan's probably not a very good coach. And he still hasn't shown it. And now he can't even keep his players. That's that's I a mean, problem. Mini Angsong came with him from Wheeling, right? Yes. Well, he's gone. Kamari McGee, one of his prize recruit. Oh, yeah, that's one of Will Ryan's guys. He's gone. What's the excuse going to be? When does Green Bay fan go... Hey, maybe Bo's kid actually isn't anywhere half as decent as Bo. He hasn't shown any reason to be a Division One coach. He wasn't even that good, not in Division One. And outside of a name, he hasn't shown you guys anything. Call a spade a spade here. Does that mean that he, he's dead in the water? Not necessarily, but t- that clock better be ticking. Time's up. I'm a little, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm still trying to process the fact that Kamari McGee is gone. Like, who is going to be, you know, I mean... Who's running your uh, Who's running your offense? He was your point guard. Who's running your offense next year? Maybe Maybe Papa Short still has some eligibility. I don't know. I don't how, know. How was he on the pick and roll? You know. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, I mean, you got the size part pretty well taken care of. I mean, obviously, um, you know, Donovan Short is a six ten guy. Um, you pair him with a equally as tall. Uh, Equally as tall, Cade Meyer. Kim Kirchman, Jim Kirchman is still around, as far as we know. He'll tell us if he wasn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, where is the? I, but man, you get down to the backcourt, and it's like they all disappeared. It's like they got Thanos snapped. It's insane. All right, Bob. Here's my question for you. Sure. I you. you on the record now, because everyone's listening to the podcast, and I haven't given you this ahead of time. Right now, on paper, IUPUI or Green Bay? Who you got in the game? Uh, man, I. Ooh, um, I'm I don't still even think gotta... either team can feel the full team right now. But who you got? I I've still got to honestly, I still got to go with uh, I still got to go with Green Bay because okay. I don't I don't know who because uh, uh, by the way, um. 
By the way, IUPUI has the Gerard twins, so apparently maybe there are additional members of the Gerard family they could get. Because, yeah, they got a transfer portal issue, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh, by the way, funny good. funny thing, and I think a funny thing, Bobby Harvey, who got hurt in the middle of the last season, he's going to Portland State. All I saw was Go Vikings on his tweet, and I'm thinking, man, did Daniel Robinson work really quickly? No, he's going to Portland State. Not boy, did you get, boy, did you get excited for that moment. Nice. He got me going for a minute, but that was pretty It's funny. nice when you see a, a kid show up in the, on Twitter and they're wearing your, your jersey all of a sudden. You're like, oh, cool. Except it's not your jersey. It's Except actually, it's not your jersey. It's not your jersey. It's, 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 he's going to the Pacific Northwest. He got a kick out of it. He retweeted that. So. <laughs> By the way, side note, because I didn't finish the thought when we were talking to Micah. Um, oh, you did sign Micah's um, replacement essentially last night, it seems. Or not signed, but c- got a commitment from. That is Micah true. Parrish, yes. Uh, so tell me about this guy, because um, I don't know a lot about him. Um, I I'm not going to tell you I know a lot about him. Um, his no name more than I is do. What, what's that? I know more than you do. Uh, yeah. Keaton Hervey. Yes. Um, who is coming out of Missouri State? I believe he played some JUCO ball before Correct. that. Um, been 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 moving around a little bit. Probably has one more year of eligibility. I'm guessing. Um, yeah. but he's a six seven wing. Um, two years ago, uh, he was at Missouri state. Um, that was the team that finished second in the Valley. Um, last year he, uh, got a concussion, um, missed some time, kind of fell out with the coaching staff. Um, lost some minutes to, uh, the kid from Valpo that transferred there. Um, Donovan Clay, I believe is his name. Is that who it is? Yeah. Well, um, it wasn't so, Jalen Manette who was also at, who was also at Missouri state at the time. Yeah. So, so Herbie kind of lost some minutes and he uh, went in the portal in January. Um, but he's a, he's got a good three point percentage, uh, rebounds pretty well. He's six, seven, uh, length, got some length. Sounds to me like it's a uh, Micah Parrish. Cool. Like as long as that's the Micah Parrish replacement and not the Jamal Kane replacement. Great. And my understanding is that that is the case. Cool. Okay. Moving fair on. enough. Well, that makes Micah sense. Who? I mean, the, yeah, yeah. They. It seems to me, you know, from what little I know about Hervey, they, him and him and Parrish have seem to have pretty similar games. I do still see. I still do think that um, that Greg Campy's going to hit the portal one more time. Oh yeah, at least. Yeah, I think he's I got suspect more. that that's going to be the case. I mean, if, if if history has been a guide for any of us, yes, that would be. I would. That would make perfect sense. Because um, he's done it multiple times. He did it with Kendrick Nunn. He did it with uh, he did it with Jamal Kane. I suspect that this will be the case too. By the way, um, Kendrick Nunn really needs to leave the leave the Lakers. <laughs> Dude, he missed the entire season with what was known as a knee bruise. Like this is not this is not good, Kendrick. That's all right. If I was him, would you really want to have been on that team? Because that was a disaster from top to bottom. No, but he better show that he's not injury prone and that he can still play basketball because he's going to get forgotten real quick too. That is true. Um, yeah, that was definitely not a bet on your bet on yourself type of situation because that did not go well. Best um, thing for him, honestly, is to come back next year and for the Lakers to bring back that team with, with him, and all of a sudden things go better and he can look like he was the missing piece. You're under the running assumption. I don't think Russell Westbrook is coming back, but that's okay. No, that's probably just not. me. Well, guess what? Yeah. Opens up a spot for Kendrick Dunn. <laughs> true. True indeed. Um, anyway. Anyway. Um, yep. So, by the way, and we, can we, we go to, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you oh, I was going to say, we, we just mentioned, I brought Oakland back one more time because I forgot to finish that thought. Can we go down the road to uh, Detroit Mercy? We have two things out of them. Yes, absolutely. I'm glad you uh, mentioned them. I got this. Um, 
Antoine Davis, still waiting to hear officially. I mean, everything, all signs point to he's coming back, which is good for um, Detroit Mercy. I See, don't that's understand because because you because I know last episode you were like, you know, I read the you know the read the because you read the uh, hoops HD thing and saying I don't know if he's coming back, and then it you know then like literally two days later, I think it was Tony Paul from the Detroit News was saying you know he might. So, but we haven't heard anything back from him yet. So, well, I. I Tony Paul knows way more people and has way more information than I could ever dream of. So if Tony indeed. Paul's saying that, I have confidence that that's probably true. Yes, um, indeed. I just don't understand it. Because first off, like most players that, I mean, Antoine, don't forget, Antoine is older even for being in his his class there. Yeah. Um, He came in, I think, as a 19-year-old senior or something like that. Um, So he's, what, 23-ish? Somewhere in there, I think. Yeah. I mean, how do you not at least come out and say, hey, I'm testing the NBA waters but keeping eligibility? Because if you can't even test the NBA waters right now and think you have a chance, it's not going to change for next year at 24 no. years old. Um, so I be, I think at that point he's basically admitting that he's not going to play in the NBA, mm-hmm. which, you know, everyone keeps insisting he's going to. I don't think so. He doesn't do anything else other than shoot. And he shoots better than so many players, but sure. he can't play defense. He can't handle the ball. He's just a lot. I mean, JJ Reddick could at least play some defense, you know, like, and that's why he stuck around for, for in the NBA as long as he did. I don't know if Antoine has a second characteristic that's even NBA like accessible. You know what I mean? So gotcha. um, at that point, but you know, so if Antoine's coming back, um, good for Mike Davis, good for Detroit Mercy fan. Um, hopefully they can add some pieces. Cause as we've seen, Antoine can't do it alone. Um, you can't count on Noah Waterman to stay healthy or, you know, so they, they need to add something, but if Antoine announces he's coming back, I assume it makes it easier to bring some players in, like play with Antoine, you know, like, Lead the nation in assists because all you have to do is find Antoine. Something there like that. Yeah. But uh, if I was Antoine, yeah, I'd be testing the waters and probably going and making money in Europe while I can. But that's me. Obviously, I've heard that money's not really uh, something that the Davis family uh, requires, which makes sense. You know, Mike Davis has been doing this NCAA coaching thing for a while. So, I mean, if that's a non-issue, then, hey, man, enjoy your college experience. I, I like Antoine despite being honest about him sometimes. I think people think I don't. I, I do. I'd hang out with Antoine. Absolutely. Yeah, so. Man, I would like to an opportunity to not root against him. Yeah, absolutely. Seems absolutely. like a great kid. Good, good oh, he, he's an outstanding kid. Love it. And what was the other thing out of Detroit Mercy? Uh, Latanya Collins is gone. Detroit Mercy women rebuilding again. You know, Smart cookies be damned. You know what? Yeah, this... I... That seems like it seems like it's a perpetual thing with Detroit Mercy lately that they just don't have a athletic they, program. Anyway, <laughs> they they it, the the that the women's basketball program it seems to be it's I don't know I, I don't want to call it the black hole of coaching but it's it's not been great. Turns out they probably should have kept Bernard Scott there in the first place and never gotten they, rid of him because he was at least a good human. Yeah, I mean, I, in, in my experience, yeah, in my experience, um, just kind of secondhand because he was the before going to Detroit Mercy, he was the uh, assistant coach at Cleveland State. Um, great guy. Um, obviously, you know, ran into the issue of just because you're a great assistant coach doesn't mean that's going to translate into coach head coaching, and it clearly didn't for him, which is too bad. But did yeah, he just go to Detroit Mercy where you can't put together a decent program. And so they're back in the yeah. So basically, 
So yeah, Detroit Mercy is back in the rebuilding mode, and they're probably yeah. So he's he's not the only one leaving, by the way. Um, in what we consider the least uh, surprising news ever, because this was been, this chatter about this has been going on for the last couple of weeks. Austin Parkinson is go leaving IUPUI, driving down the road to Butler and going to head coach them. I am such a big fan of this. Um, Austin Parkinson, I don't know him in real life, but all my quick ex- um, experience with him online and everything have been so positive. He looks like the total family man, which I know could just be an act. It's, it's social media to you know make look good. But like his family taking pictures with, with Blue, the Butler Bulldog, I'm here for it. Like I'm here for all of it. I want him to succeed. Good luck, Austin Parkinson. Not mad at you about it. There you go. Question now becomes, what does IUPUI do next? And I think... Um, Potentially. I know they have people coming in. Um, I mean, as as we had the as the conversation we had about Cleveland State and Dennis Gates, um, about their assistant coaches, same concept here, I would think would be warranted. Latrell Fleming is a name that's come up. I'm cool with that. Um, maybe they'll go outside. Who knows? Um, but we'll Latina see. Collins is available. Uh, okay. <laughs> Throwing it out there, I mean, just suggestion. Keisha Bland's available, but I'm not, you know, but no one's going to talk about it for another couple of weeks. It's not official yet, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not getting into that one. That seems nope. like injecting chaos where it doesn't belong. Possibly. Also, um, real quick, th- I w- I had this thought about the Detroit Mercy part. Is what a weird time to have to hire any coach because their AD is on the way out, even though they haven't officially announced it anywhere. My understanding is that uh, AD, is their uh, vowels, is on the way yes. out. So does he make this higher and then leave, or do they go without a coach until a new president and then a new AD is put in play? Like, what What a weird uh Well, they have the new, the new president is there now, isn't he? I don't know when he starts. I thought he didn't start till the summer. I don't remember. I, I don't know. But it, what, what a it, weird timeline. I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, but it's going to be – that's going to be a weird transition for them, and – I can't wait to look. I can't. I can't wait to have a look at all that stuff. Uh, Horizon League women's basketball is a mess, which means that Green Bay's women are probably going to be the top of the, the league. Yeah. Once again, once again. Hey, you know what? These things. It's funny. These things are cyclical. And Kevin Borseth, your time to shine once again has arrived. Just which is, staying consistent. Which is good because, you know, I'm not going to say a disparaging word for you if, about you because I don't want to get yelled at. There you go. <laughs> All right. So with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, close out this episode. Um, we will let you. Uh, yeah. The I, I we're, again, we're working on the uh, bonus episode interview with uh, new Cleveland State head coach Daniel Robinson. We'll let you know when that's going to be forthcoming. Um, hopefully, it'll be before the Easter. Um, but yeah, that regular episode probably won't be for a couple weeks. Uh, till then, HorizonRoundtable.com, which are all our content. Senior trackers there. Make sure you're on that because we're updating that all the time. Um, and then also, you know, you can pull us up uh, wherever podcasts are found. You can pull us up on your Amazon or Google devices. So until next time, thank you all for listening.